All right, so for the next, you know, 15 minutes or so, I'm going to just want to share just kind of a, a short message, hopefully, you know, an encouragement uh, to you uh, this afternoon. And so as we just watched that video again, it was referencing Isaiah the prophet and what he prophesied about the coming Messiah and who he was going to be. And this afternoon, we're going to talk about that a little bit as, as my message is simply entitled, What's in a Name? What's in a Name? Right? Why are names important and, and what do names mean and different things of that nature. And so we're going to look at a couple of the names that we just watched in that video that Jesus is prophesied, you know, to be called. But before we get into that, how many of you have ever met someone who's really intimidating, right? You meet someone and you're like, man, that person's just, they're intimidating. Whether it's they're physically imposing, maybe they're, they're a very successful individual who's high up in a business, whatever it may be. Maybe it's a parent, you know, whatever it may look like. But sometimes many of us, you know, we've, been, we've encountered someone that's intimidating to us. But then once you get to know them, you're like, oh, this person's a big softie. Right? They're kind of a big teddy bear. They're just, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're all bark but no bite type of a thing. You know, and so you're like, oh, they're not that intimidating when I actually get to know them. And, you know, for me, uh, the one person that I always go to that intimidated me until I got a chance to know him uh, was my high school football coach. So Bob Swartz has been coaching the Greenway now. It's Greenway Nashua Kiwaton football team for, I don't know, probably the better part of 25 years uh, and, and he's like probably only about six foot or so, but he's like 350 pounds, really big dude, was a college lineman, played football. Um, and when you just look at him, you're like, this guy is intimidating. Like just his physical presence, the way he would carry himself. He was really intimidating. And I had a chance to get to kind of watch him growing up because my older brothers played football. They were five and seven years older than I am. And so I got to like see him, but I didn't really get to know him. And I always thought, man... They, they, all, they all called him Uncle Bob, which I didn't understand. I'm like, this guy does not seem like an uncle. You know, like this guy seemed intimidating. Uh, many of you, you know, if you play sports, like how coaches can be very uh, brash. They can be very crude at times, you know, and, and he was very much like that at, at certain times. But then once I got into high school and began to play for him and realized, oh, it's just, it, it Again, it's, it's all kind of a facade. He's, he's kind of a softie. And by the time I was into maybe my second year, I was calling him Monkey Bob just like I had watched my brothers do because I realized he was not the intimidating figure that he is. And why do I bring that up? Because sometimes I think as Christians or as people, before we really understand who Jesus is and who God is, it can feel really intimidating. God can seem like this really intimidating Figure, this intimidating person and, and, and Jesus, we think about, well, he's the, the perfect sinless person. Well, that's, that's kind of intimidating because I know I struggle with sin and I'm far from being perfect. And so sometimes it's like, man, how do we even compare? How do we match up against someone that's, that's perfect, that's sinless, right? And I'm not, I'm not sitting here going that Jesus is actually a softy. That's not what I'm getting at. But I do believe this afternoon that we'll see not only is he extremely powerful, but he's compassionate. Jesus is very powerful, but he's also a very compassionate individual, a very compassionate God. And so as I said, tonight we're going to be uh, looking at a message called What's in, in a Name? And we're going to focus on a couple of the names from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which you'll see on the screen behind me. 
says, For to us a child is born, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And we're going to look at the first two names that are in that passage tonight. We're going to look at Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God. And not only what kind of what do they mean, but how does that apply to us? What, is it, how, what does that mean or look like for us in our lives today? And so Jesus fulfilled each of these names. But again, Isaiah prophesied this 900, 1,000 years before Jesus was born. He prophesied and said that he was going to be our wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. And then we see in the New Testament that he fulfills that prophecy. And as I said, we're going to see how that affects us and what it means to us and why we can trust him. Because sometimes people go, I don't know that I can fully trust God. I don't know that I can fully, if I don't fully understand him or if I'm intimidated, how can I trust that he is who he says he is? Speaking of trust or kind of this, this trust issue potentially, when you're having a bad day, what do you usually do? Right? So you're having a rough day, whether it's at work, it's at home, maybe there's something going on. What do you tend to do when you're having a rough day? Maybe you want to talk to somebody. Maybe you call somebody and you, you want to just talk things through or whatever it may be, or you process it. We all process it in different ways. Maybe you're having a series of difficult days and you're walking through a difficult time in your life. One of the other things sometimes people do is they, they seek out a counselor. They seek out someone that they can speak to, someone that they can go to that can help them. When you're struggling, somebody's struggling back there. That'd be mine. <laughs> I can say that because it's mine. <laughs> right? But sometimes when we're struggling, it can be difficult to, to get through something without having a counselor, without having someone come alongside you and help you process what you're feeling. Because who knows, sometimes all you really need is you need someone else that can just kind of listen as you vocalize things, as you just share things, and even as you do so, then you begin to, to work your way through it. A counselor is someone who provides insight, a, a deeper perspective, and good advice on how to handle whatever situation you find yourself in. Even if you're not going through a difficult situation, it's often a good uh, idea to share your thoughts, to share your feelings, to share your experiences with someone that you trust, someone that's wise, someone that can give you wisdom and act like a counselor for you in your life. They can help you see things differently, understand why you feel a certain way, and help you mature into the person that God created you to be. So as I said, the first name that we're going to look at that was given in Isaiah 9 is Wonderful Counselor. If you ask me, I think that Jesus is the best counselor any of us could ever have. Why? The scripture tells us that he experienced temptation, he experienced grief, he experienced rejection, heartache, and many other emotions while he lived here on earth. And if you actually look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says this about Jesus. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Right? So Jesus experienced the same things that you and I experienced, the same struggles, the same temptations, but yet did not sin in the midst of those things. So in other words, it says, Jesus understands what you and I are going through. He's experienced 
Maybe not the exact thing, but he's experienced struggles and challenges himself. And I'm sure many of you, you hate it when someone goes, hey, I understand how you feel. Right? I, I get in trouble with that one sometimes with Pastor Laura. It's like, oh, honey, no, I understand. She's like, no, you don't. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to sympathize with you. Like, I, I maybe don't understand, but I acknowledge that you're saying it was difficult. But I don't necessarily understand it, right? So people, they like to say, well, I understand how you feel. Well, they have no idea sometimes. You know, but I think it's well-intentioned. But Jesus truly does understand. And you can talk to him about anything at any time. No time is too early, no time is too late, and he's never too busy for you. That's pretty good for a counselor, huh? Right, today, if you were trying to go to a counselor, like, well, I can get you in six weeks. Right, you know what I mean? Who knows what that schedule would look like. Jesus is available right now, in this moment, in that moment that you need him, you can reach out and he's there. So not only is Jesus a great counselor to us now, but he's also acted as a counselor for many people during his time on earth. And if you look at the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, it's full of wisdom, it's full of godly advice. And we're not going to read all of that this afternoon, but I would recommend that at some time you do do that. We're going to look just quickly at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, where Jesus encourages people to resist the temptation to worry. He offers a new perspective and a deeper understanding of how much he cares for us. And why we don't need to fear stress about the future. Fear or stress about the future. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body. What you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worthy more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his life by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field, they don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so Jesus is he's, he's, he's giving him a bunch of wisdom in this passage, but it's from a godly perspective, and it's full of truth as he's talking here. Jesus tells them that the key to a worry-free life is not to worry about tomorrow or worry about the past. It's to focus on Him. He knows firsthand that it's easy for us to get caught up in the stress of the world. But He wants us to remember that He holds everything in the palm of His hand. He's the creator of the universe and He has the authority over everything in heaven and on earth. So if He takes care of you in the smallest sparrow, then how much more will He take care of you and I? As a wonderful counselor, he encourages us to have a new hope and a new perspective. Jesus reminds us that he is our source of life, and we need to look to him for rest and assurance when we are tempted to begin to worry or stress. All right, so now if, if you're a little unsure about whether or not Jesus can handle the weight of this world, or the weight of maybe your worries, your situation, 
I want you to listen to now as we get into the second name of mighty God. In order to see how mighty Jesus is, let's look at the most victorious part of the faith. And that's the story of Jesus' resurrection. You're going, why are we talking about the resurrection on Christmas Eve? It's his birth. Well, his birth sets up the resurrection, which is truly what the gospel is all about. So Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, it says, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the woman, don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell the disciples the news. Just then Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came up, took a hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me I, I, don't, I don't know about you and exactly what you're going through today or where exactly you're at in, in your faith journey, but I can't think of any better way to show how mighty Jesus is than to talk about the fact that he rose from the dead, that he defeated sin and death forever. There, there's, there's nothing more mighty than having authority over sin and death and the powers of darkness, and that's who Jesus is. He is our mighty God. And if you, you read or you hear any other stories from Jesus' life on earth, then you know that he displayed his power in many other ways. There's different miracles and signs and wonders that we see take place throughout his life. He heals a multitude. He feeds the multitudes. There's no doubt that Jesus fulfilled the name of mighty counsel or mighty God and wonderful counsel. But here's what I find truly amazing. Jesus, being both the mighty God, again, powerful, but yet compassionate as our wonderful counselor. He's so strong and powerful, yet he's kind and gentle to us at the very same time. He has dominion over everything, yet he takes the time to remind us that he is near and wants to be involved in even the smallest details of your life. The creator of the universe, who spoke everything into existence, wants to have a personal relationship with you. Can you believe that? Right? The next time you're tempted to think that Jesus doesn't care about your pain or your sadness, your frustration, remember this truth, that he is our wonderful counselor who is near to the brokenhearted, Scripture says, and is also the mighty God who has authority over heaven and earth. He has the whole world in his hands, yet he is never too busy to bring comfort and peace in the midst of our chaos in our world today. I want to encourage you to take some time, whether it's tonight, maybe tomorrow, over the next week or so, to dwell on this verse of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And think about how Jesus is our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. And, and how does that affect you personally? What does that look like for you in your life? Thank Him for His faithfulness in your life. 
And, and, and how, how can the stories of his faithfulness bring hope to others? Right? And how the stories of what God has done in your life bring hope and encouragement to others around you who may be struggling and having questions about whether or not they can trust that God is who he says he is and that Jesus truly is the Messiah who came to be our Savior and, and, and cleanse us from our sins and our unrighteousness. And so what we're going to do is we're going to now go back into a, a short time of worship. And so uh, Pastors Bethany and Brad are going to sing a song for us this morning, a new song called Who Knew? And we're not going to sing it together. They're going to sing it. I want to encourage you just listen to the lyrics of this song as they sing it. And just I, I think it challenges and encourages us this, this afternoon as we do so. And then after that. They are going to then bring us into um, Silent Night. And so many of you, you probably grabbed your tea lights when you came in. If you didn't grab one, you can feel free uh, to go grab a tea light. They're just right outside the door of the sanctuary there as they sing. Uh, but they'll kind of lead us once we get into Silent Night as far as uh, what they're wanting us to do. And then we will come back up and close out our time together. Would give up those same 
The way that God would have chosen to say, you know what, the way that I'm going to redeem and reconcile the world is I'm going to send a baby into it. Right? Who, who would have thought that not only a baby, but then the circumstances on which Jesus was born and, and just everything that, that happened surrounding his birth was totally opposite or not expected from what anyone thought about the prophesied Messiah. And I think that song captures that perfectly and it's a, an awesome reminder of that. I think actually, Brad, that was your sister-in-law, right, that wrote that song, you know, and so just such a, a neat thing and so fun to be able to have that and share that song with you uh, this afternoon. And so um, just real quickly before we, we dismiss this afternoon, I want to remind you uh, that we are not meeting in person for service this Sunday. We are just meeting online. So we have a Christmas at home service that we have recorded and put together for you. And so pastors Bethany and Brad and I um, put together a service. And so uh, it's all ready to go. And so I'm going to post a little bit of a uh, sample of it later tonight so you can get a little glimpse of what it's going to look like. Uh, or maybe, yeah, yeah, you'll see it. You'll see it when I post post the video. Um, but again, so at 10.15 on Sunday morning, we would encourage you, it's only 45 minutes long. So from 10.15 to 11, uh, it's, it's nice, it's short, it's sweet, and it just kind of, there's some worship, but then it's just Brad and Bethany and I just kind of sharing our heart and uh, just a laid back and hopefully we'll kind of encourage some conversation with you and your family as you gather together and just lead you to have some further discussion on what we talk about. Is it simply two questions? Number one, what is the thing about the Christmas story that sticks out to you or what, what fascinates you or what, what have you always been kind of drawn to about the Christmas story from Scripture? And then two, what is your favorite part about celebrating Christmas today or a favorite tradition or something that you just really enjoy about the Christmas season? And so again, I believe as we share, we'll hopefully lend for you to kind of have some dialogue and some conversation amongst your family and those that you are gathered together with this weekend. But I just want to remind you again, we will not be gathering here in person, uh, but we'll just be having online service. And then we will pick everything up again in the new year in person. And so uh, as we get ready to go, I just want to say again, Merry Christmas. Uh, and it's so good to be with each of you today. Uh, praying that your family gatherings uh, are, are going to be a wonderful time. And that God is going to show up in powerful ways. And believing that there's going to be testimonies that are going to come out of these Christmas gatherings that take place tonight, tomorrow, and over the next coming weeks as you meet together with people. And so, Father, we thank you again for who you are. We thank you that, God, you love us so, so much that you sent your Son. And God, as we celebrate Christmas and remember that, Lord, you chose to work through the Virgin Mary to bring a baby into this world that would overcome all the odds, it would overcome all the temptation, he would overcome all of the sin that was present around him to live a perfect sinless life and atone for our sins through his death and his resurrection. We thank you for that and we celebrate Christ and who he is and we thank you that God, he is our wonderful counselor, that he is our mighty God, that he is our everlasting father and that he is the prince of peace for us and our lives and our world today. 
And so we just ask, God, again, you bless our time, bless and safe travels for all those who are traveling to and from and everything that's going on. We just pray for safe traveling mercies that you would keep each of us safe as we go about celebrating Christmas this year. We ask all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.